Hey friends, welcome to Hustle and Heart, a podcast for dreamers and doers with your girl Vanessa, aka The Business Coach. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Hustle and Heart. I'm super excited you're here, and if I'm being totally honest, I'm pretty nervous and a little scared too. For the first episode, I figured it would be a good idea to tell you all a little bit about who I am, what to expect from the podcast, and share a story that started it all. So for all my new friends, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Vanessa Arias, aka The Business Coach. I'm a millennial Chicana business owner with over 10 years of entrepreneurial experience. I'm the co-founder and co-owner of a multi-million dollar construction company that renovates hotels all over the country. The journey is far from over, but during my experience of picking myself up from the bootstraps, as they say, I found myself seeking representation and access to information. In 2019, I started business coaching with an extra emphasis on Latino business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs. My specialty is creating strategic business plans for profit and growth. I truly believe that knowledge is power and that access to information should be available to everyone. Information can truly be life-changing. And for those of us that weren't born into wealthy or connected families, sometimes this information seems out of reach and sometimes we don't even know what questions to ask. I had no idea how to start any type of generational wealth. Passive income? What's that? But before we even start that conversation, which is a whole other episode, by the way, I want to go back, back in time, to 2010, to the event that was the catalyst to everything that I am right now, when I got fired. Mm-hmm, honey. I got fired, and fired bad, humiliated, straight up cried as I left, fired. And to be completely honest with you, I was so sad and super in my feelings about it because I felt like it was a personal attack against me. And I'm not going to go into details, but the CEO fired me direct. My supervisor had no idea. And his ego was hurt, and he took it out on me. I loved my job, and I know I was one of the best case managers there. My supervisor and some of the people on my caseload, they all wrote me such amazing letters of recommendation. (sighs) But oh my god, it was such a blow to my ego, to my heart. I've always loved helping people and getting fired and not being able to say bye to the kids that I had grown to have relationships with over the years was just heartbreaking. And I actually still remember their names. I still keep in contact with a couple of the mentors that I worked with. (sighs) Even now, it makes me sad. But it all was for a reason. So I got fired and it took me a couple months to find a job. And during that time, it just so happened to be summer. So I spent my time poolside binging on Fifty Shades of Grey because that had just come out and Deepak Chopra. I know, right? Two totally different types of books. But Deepak Chopra, seriously, he saved my life and I feel like he completely changed my outlook on life, my mindset. He, he, I mean, I'm telling you, I did like a 180 after reading some of his books. I want to say that my self-development really began as an adult in 2010. 
It was in 2010 that I realized that I had way more control over my life, my emotions, my narrative than I thought I did. I'm telling you, it was real deep. But I'm going to share three things that I learned that summer. One, I'm unemployable. And we'll get into that later. Two, I have destination happiness syndrome. We'll get into that one too. And three, I had to start my own company. So let's start with lesson number one. I'm unemployable. Like, what does that even mean? And for me, it just meant that I wasn't a good employee. And at first it hurt my feelings, but then I got over it. So here were some of the things that I was like, okay, I wasn't meant to be an employee and it's totally okay. The first one is that I feel like I've always been a leader and I feel like I've always gone above and beyond and it was frustrating working with companies and organizations that just didn't have the resources to support the things that I needed to do, to support our clients in the best way possible. And in some cases, like from my own personal experience, I feel like whenever I was doing a really good job, Instead of having my coworkers rally around me for support and collaboration, it created a lot of tension. I worked at a nonprofit and was able to implement a program that got us on the front page of the LA Times. I mean, the front page of the LA Times is pretty impressive. And instead of my coworkers and my team like being like hey look like we're on the front page like how did you do it da, 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 da. they just their reactions were basically completely opposite but was i going to let that interfere or stop me from doing the best that i could because doing my best meant doing my best for the community And I wasn't going to let these hater-ass hoes stop me from doing my best. So in some instances, I just felt like that stress just wasn't worth it for me. It wasn't worth it for me to be an employee and have a steady check, to be in toxic working environments that I had no control over. Another reason why I'm unemployable is because I'm outspoken. I know for a fact that being outspoken is one of the reasons why I got fired. I mean, there's so many stories that I can share from that place, and I'm sure I'll share them all eventually. But there was racist, discriminatory, prejudice, whatever type of behavior you want to call it. When you get treated differently because of the color of your skin was going on there. So my first day on the job, I get a tour of the office and then I'm told you have kitchen duty. I thought it was like the most rudest first day ever. Like, hey, welcome to the office. Now go clean my dirty dishes. So after a while, I noticed that not everybody was on the kitchen list. And then after a while, I noticed that the names on the list were all women of color and only women of color. So as a newbie, I bit my tongue. I bit my tongue, didn't say anything. But then I started noticing like little comments, comments like, well, you know how they are. And that's when I was like, oh, no, I am not going to sit here and take it. So I told my supervisor, please take me off the kitchen list until everybody is added. 
Like, because it's not fair. If everybody has access to the kitchen, then everybody should have to clean it. And she totally agreed. She brought it up at the manager's meeting and everybody threw a fit. So nothing changed. So, yeah, I'm okay being unemployable. I had experiences at certain places of employment where I just felt like this whole system is so broken or this software sucks or I would just really have to go above and beyond to fill the gaps that management just wasn't providing. And so I figured if I'm putting all of this time and effort into these organizations who are literally just going to turn around and fire me because they're threatened then I might as well put all this time and energy into my own business. And I'm going to keep it 100 real with you. While I was working in nonprofit, I realized that there is no shortage whatsoever of volunteers. There is a lot of people out there that do care and they volunteer their time. And I am so grateful for volunteers because honestly, like they make nonprofits function in so many places. And that's why I also volunteer. But what they lack most of all is funding. And so I said to myself, as I'm still freaking paying my student loans, dedicated my life to serving the community, I said, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to create a solid foundation for myself. And then I'm going to turn around and come back to the community and give back and be one of those people who can offer grants to allow, you know, scholarships and after school programs to happen. I want to be that person who funds those kind of programs because there's so many nonprofits out there. We don't need more of them. We just need more money. So let's defund the police. Hey. (laughs) And with that being said, let's go on to lesson number two. I was suffering from destination happiness syndrome. And to say I was suffering, like literally I was suffering for no reason. Como si me gustaba la mala vida. And I feel like so many of us have destination happiness syndrome. So what is it? It's when you're in that mindset of, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I lose 20 pounds. I'll be happy when I'm engaged. I'll be happy when I have a baby. I'll be happy when I have a house. I'll be happy when I get to go to Greece. It's all these, I'll be happy when. So I really, really had to learn how to live in the moment, in this present moment, not in the past, not be anxious about the future, but in this moment and find happiness in every day. Like to find happiness in the journey is truly like the happiness in life. It's not about the destination. And I know that sounds hella corny, but it's so true to sit there in gratitude just for every single day it ends up bringing more abundance in your life. Because if you're just sitting there focusing on everything you don't have, well, of course you're going to be a Debbie Downer. And that was me. Hardcore. I admit it. I was like a hater hoe. I was one of those people. But I was unhealed. I was carrying a bunch of baggage. So I started to meditate. I started to be mindful. I started to be intentional. I started practicing affirmations. And all of those things after years, I think one day I just woke up and I realized I wasn't in that headspace anymore. I mean, obviously it didn't happen overnight. It was an entire 
re- rewiring of the brain. But I woke up one day and I realized like, hey, like you're not chasing happiness anymore. And I was so proud of myself. You go, girl. You go, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. So it was also in 2010 that I realized that my husband and I had to start our own company. I graduated from college in 2009 during the housing market crash when everybody was losing their home, a bunch of people were unemployed, and it was so hard competing for jobs when you had literally just graduated from college and only had a couple years under your belt for experience. It was super hard. And then as I was applying for jobs, I realized that, I mean manager positions were making like 50 60 a year tops and when I was a kid I had researched you know like working in the nonprofit sector and I had seen that you know manager positions make 50 to 60 thousand a year but being a kid you don't understand really like how 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 bills are how much things cost so i thought i was going to be straight you know graduating being a 21 year old making 40 grand a year cuz that's what you start off at but that goes real fast i've been on my own since i was 18 so i had to pay rent food insurance everything so that 40,000 a year i was basically living paycheck to paycheck So I told my husband, hey, you know what? There is money in construction. We just need to start our own company. So we started researching all the things that we needed to do to start a company. He got licensed and we became a team. He handles everything in the field in terms of like the trade and everything. And I handle everything in the office in terms of sales, contracts, um, and just anything money, really. Ten years later we're still at it and we're doing a pretty good job. And I had to work full time while we built this business. I was able to quit in 2016. So I have been fully running just our company for four years. Prior to that, I was working full time and running this business full time. And let me tell you, oh, I was tired. I was tired. But I would do it again in a heartbeat. I love having 100% ownership, 100% profits. I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. So that was the short, long version about who I am and what the catalyst was that got us to start our own business and eventually start my own business coaching company. It's also a taste of what this podcast is going to be like. It'll be a combination of storytelling, business, politics, information, advice, and eventually some guest speakers too. Thanks so much for listening to episode one of Hustle and Heart. New episodes of Hustle and Heart release every Friday, so please make sure to share and invite all of your friends and family to listen with you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Hustle and Heart. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a five-star review. You can also visit www.thebusinesscoach.com to register for live events and workshops.